Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Well, free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Happy Thursday to you, Golden Eagle fans. Listen across the state of Mississippi on the Super Talk Mississippi Network. It's the Eagle Hour. Luke Johnson, Kelly Center, Will Tony producing for um, you and us, uh, for me and Kelly. Kelly and Will are in Hattiesburg. He is producing for us, though, right, Kelly? Yeah, Yeah, of course he is. For the people. For the people. Give the people uh, what they want. He's a man of the people. Kelly and Will in the Southern Bancor Studios in Hattiesburg. I am in downtown Laurel. Hey, great show for you today. We will be joined in the third segment by the Southern Miss Athletic Director, Jeremy McLean. He'll be uh, talking several things, but, uh, of course, we'll ask him more about the press release earlier this week. And Jeremy, always a friend of the show and always willing to come on and talk to uh, to you Golden Eagle fans. Mike Frazier from JUCO Weekly will join us in the second segment, we're going to talk Southern Miss baseball to start it off today. Before we get to our first guest, of course, as always, Eagle Hour first segment brought to you by Dickie's Barbecue, located in a hometown team against you. Lots of homecoming going on, of course, Golden Eagles and Old Dominion this weekend in the Rock, but high school homecoming going on, junior college homecoming going on, and of course, when that happens, you need somebody to cater your next event, your tailgate, Dickie's Barbecue, the best people to do it. The hometown team located outside Turtle Creek Mall in Hattiesburg. Dickie's Barbecue. Cooked here. Loved everywhere. Happy to have our good friend Andrew Abadie from Pine Belt Sports joins us in this first segment. And, uh, Andrew, you were uh, at Southern Miss Baseball over the weekend. And, man, uh, if, if one thing, there was a lot of offense um, at the Pete. Tell us about it. Uh, Yeah, there was. Uh, First off, thanks for having me back on, guys. Happy to be on, as always. But, uh, yeah. Uh, 17 hits, 21 runs. Um, there was no shortage of offense. Now, for the fans who are, you know, probably guessing the worst, um, you know, the hitters were seeing the back end pitching predominantly. Um, and, you know, the, these are guys who will be coming out of the bullpen late. But, you know, at the, the two scrimmages I've been to, they've, they've shown that they can swing it, which is kind of refreshing to see given how many guys they've lost from last year's lineup. Um, you you act like sometimes Southern Miss fans see the bottom of the barrel. I don't know if anybody else picked up on that. Is that right? Well, you know, when I tweeted my story, that was the comments. Oh, great, the pitching's bad. <laughs> one one guy I, I that, had to make a point. Yeah, one one guy that of course everybody's looking forward to. Is it safe to say? Um, Nick Monastere going into this coming season probably. The, the face, possibly, of this, this baseball team? I would think him and Mr. Slade Wilkes will be kind of the faces of the program this year. He And, and Monastere, uh, of course, kind of led your, your article. Uh, he had a walk-off, and, and he pitched as well. Tell us about what, what you saw from Monastere in the scrimmage. 
Yeah, so, you know, he's playing center field, and it seems like he's kind of locking down, if not has that job locked down, of playing center field. Um, that was kind of a, a question mark of what they were going to do there. Um, and then, you know, he came in and pitched to kind of – they played seven innings. He kind of closed it. And he came into a tough spot. He had runners – I, I want to say bases loaded uh, with one out and gave up a pair of runs. Of course, those runs weren't charged to him. Um, but, you know, he gets out of the inning and gives up two runs and then, of course, gets them right back as he hits the walk-off three-run home run uh, to end the day. So uh, very interesting day for uh, Mr. Monastere. You know, he's kind of picking up where he left off. <laughs> Kelly? Well, one of the names that I have been watching and, and, and I've been really I have really been very much impressed with this kid since he made his way on campus is Davis Gillespie, who's competing for the third base position. And I would be surprised if he doesn't win that position. But uh, this guy, well, you just look at him. I mean, he's you know built like a Greek god. He's got that great athletic build, uh, and this guy can swing it. At least from what we've seen so far, Andrew. So so far. Uh, so far, so good, at least uh, where Davis Gillespie's concerned. Yeah, um, he hit a grand slam on uh, on Sunday and uh, it hit the top of the scoreboard. I wish there was uh, – I could give you guys the track man stats, but it didn't track. I like to tell people it was hit so hard that it didn't track. I can't really confirm nor deny that. But, um, yeah, you know, uh, I told you guys off break, um, if there wasn't a scoreboard blocking, you know, the way I think that ball probably would have landed today. I mean, that was an extremely hard hit ball. He's been playing really well at third base, but you know the guy that's that's challenging. Um, you know, trying to earn that job. Uh, Gabe brought us from Pearl River Community College. Man, his glove looks good. He can hit it. I mean, he's been really consistent with the bat. And you know, if he doesn't win that third base top job, uh, and, and of course, I, I, I got to say, Davis is probably the favorite to win it. Um, you know, he's been a guy that they've been waiting for. Uh, for quite some time, basically for Danny Lynch to graduate. Uh, they they have liked him for a long time. Um, but Gabe Broadus has played really well in this fall camp, or in this fall, and uh, it'd be really uh, – I'd like to see him, you know, see if they could find a place for him on the field. And, of course, at shortstop, why not have a name like Ozzy? And this is a transfer that has, has come in. Tell us what you've seen so far from that shortstop position. Yeah, I think that job is Ozzy Pratt. Um, it feels like he's kind of come in and shown why it should be his job. His, his glove hasn't missed a beat, and he's been really consistent with the bat. What more can you really ask for? Um, you know, I, I like some of the things he can do. He, he showed a little pop in his bat, but I think the big thing is he's just really consistent. I, I feel like that's going to kind of be the difference compared to this year and last year. You know, last year, basically every guy in the lineup could, could go yard. Um and this year, I feel like you're going to get a lot more guys that are consistent. You got a few guys who are going to be home run hitters, but it's just the main thing I've seen is there's a lot of consistency, just a lot of putting up hits. And what I really like is just uh, timely hitting. And Ozzie Pratt has delivered with the timely hits yeah. so far. A lot of time between now and spring, but uh, what about def- a defensive home for Slade Wilkes? Do you think that'll develop? I don't know. Um, you know, they, they're putting him in left field. It's between him and Billy Butler from uh, Rhode Island. Uh, uh, Billy Butler transferred in from Rhode Island. And I, I don't know. Blade uh, ran into the wall on Sunday and, and looked to be pretty shaken up. But, you know, he finished the inning. They held him out just for the look like precautionary. 
but I don't know. Um, I think left field's kind of a question mark right now. Uh, my other big question mark is catcher. Um, I, I like Tucker Stockman at catcher, but um, you know, as far as that number two guy, I have no idea who it's going to be. And like I said, same with left field. Don't know what they're going to do at left field. Um, Billy Butler is, in a sense, like Chris Sargent. He's either going to strike out or he's going to hit it really far. Um, <laughs> and, but you know, in terms of glove, I haven't seen anything that's been suspect, but I haven't seen anything that's been great either. Yeah. Well, yeah. well, if you think uh, if you think that Slade Wilkes was hurt. The wall was probably hurt just a little bit more. <laughs> Andrew, let's go back to uh, to the infield. Two position battles. Uh, of course, the Monastery moving the outfield. Uh, second base opens up. And then first base. So, you know, at second base, you have the transfer from Valpo, Nolan Tucker, Eli Collins, All-American at, at uh, East Central. And then Braden Luke and, uh, and Matthew Russo. Russo's kind of been waiting his turn behind Sargent. What have you seen out of those two positions? Yeah, um, so second base has uh, been kind of interesting. I think Nolan Tucker is kind of the guy right now. His glove has just been locked down. I say that, of course, he made it uh, what was seemed like an uncharacteristic error on Sunday, but he's been pretty efficient. Um, I like him over Eli Collins right now. Of course, there's a lot that can happen between now and next spring, um, but I think I think Nolan Tucker would be the favorite to kind of lock that down. Um, first base is interesting. Uh, you know, Matthew Russo, as we all know, has been kind of the, the backup uh, in that spot to Sargent. He's been the guy waiting. And, you know, he's made some really great defensive plays. But right now, Braden Luke is swinging it a lot better than Russo. Uh, I think Braden Luke had three hits on Sunday. And, you know, every time I've seen him, it seems like he's gotten a hit. You know, compared to last year, he's slimmed down a lot, too. He looks to be a lot more in shape compared to, uh, to last fall. And I think he could push for that job um you know you, you have to say Russo is kind of the favorite because he's been around so long but um you know Braden Luke's been impressive he, that's going to be an interesting battle to watch unfold about 30 seconds left of course Billy the Kid through uh through an inning what other pitchers that we're not talking about right now have kind of made some noise this fall gosh I have to say just all of their freshman pitchers it just seems like every freshman that's come in can throw between 91 and 93 um Peyton Lacey has looked good. He looks good for an inning, and then he kind of has his freshman moments. Um, Jade, I think it's J.W. Armistead, who's Will Armistead's younger brother. I like to call him Armistead the Younger. Uh, he looked really impressive when I saw him a couple weeks ago. Um, I'm trying to remember who else. Cole Boswell is another new name that's come in. Uh, he looked good on Sunday. Kobe Allen had a really nice day on uh, on Sunday. He, he was close to lights out. Um, his only blemish was an RBI double with one out, and then he bounces back with two strikeouts. He ended up bringing up five strikeouts on Sunday. Um, so there's no shortage of talent in that pitching staff. I feel like they're going to be able to put things together uh, really well. Good stuff. Well, Andrew, thanks for your time, man. Great reporting today with us, and uh, thanks for being on the Eagle Hour. Of course. Thanks for having me on. It's Andrew Abadie. You can check out more of his work on Pine Belt Sports, and, of course, he's a great contributor for us and uh, for Southern Miss Athletics. Kelly, going to talk some JUCO f- uh, football on the other side of break, aren't we? Thursday night is the night that all JUCO eyes are on the 50-yard line. We'll be talking with Mike Frazier from JUCO Weekly next. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour.
This segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you by Campus Bookmark. It's in the bright yellow building right across from the main entrance to the campus, across from the Rose Garden on Hardy Street. You really can't miss it because when I say bright yellow building, I mean... It's bright. It is really... <laughs> and it does not even battery operated. Yeah. Uh, they're going to be busy this weekend because, of course, it's homecoming and all the festivities that go along with homecoming, all the latest apparel. And look, Christmas is right around the corner. The holidays are coming up. Do a little Christmas shopping, get a little... Southern Miss doodads. For that Southern Miss fan in your life. Keychains, lighters, you know, yeah. what, whatever. From small to big, they've got it all for you there um, at Campus Bookmark. Real quick, Will, what's coming up at 155 yeah, today? Yeah, uh, so we, we got a text message yesterday on location when we were at Laurel uh, uh, about somebody losing reception. So what happens, and Kelly, you know this from being in broadcast for so long, uh, sometimes the way the atmosphere is, the sun interferes with some satellite signal. And it's what we call sunspots. And uh, for about the next week, from about 155 to 158 or so. So there's about a three and a half minute uh, span starting about 155 today where you could experience some interference. Anything you miss, it'll be up on the Eagle Hour podcast about 10, 15 minutes after the show. Yeah, it's not your radio. It's Mother Nature. Let's talk junior college football now with our friend Mike Frazier, who is the CEO of JucoWeekly.com. Anything you want to know about junior college sports, not just in the SIP, but anywhere else in the country, JucoWeekly.com is the place to go. Mike, some big games tonight on the Mississippi schedule. No doubt, guys. Thanks for for the opportunity to come back on and uh, – you're right. Uh, starting in that in that daunting South Division, you got a pair of teams that are two and zero in in Hines and uh, in Jones. And man, it looks like Jones found their running game. You know, Trent Howell rushed it for uh, 123 yards last week, and that is a program that has put out just stud running backs in recent memory. So that's a big game in the South Division with uh, Hines uh, Hines and Jones going at each other tonight. Now, one if you had to at early here in the MACCC campaign, if you had to name a surprise team, both on the positive ledger and the not so positive ledger, I would have to say that Northeast has been a great surprise for the good, and and Pearl River, quite frankly, has been disappointing. You agree, disagree, Mike? What do you think? No, I would agree with you on uh, on Northeast um, and, and and Pearl River. I, I would agree, Northeast. Really, what they have done, uh, it's a credit to Greg Davis. I mean, what he's done has been absolutely outstanding. You know, you look at that uh, Mississippi uh, ranks, you've got the two teams in the north uh, regarding the teams to beat are always East Mississippi and Northwest, and then Jones and Gulf Coast in the south. And then there's that second-tier group, and that group has been established. Northeast is one of those teams that has established that. You know, 5-4 and four last year. They got a great shot at a, at a six or seven win, maybe an eight win campaign. So what Greg Davis has done really isn't surprising to insiders, uh, just because we follow the recruiting and, and, and he's been consistent at uh, bringing in defensive guys that keep you in ball games. But now he's starting to develop a little bit of offense. Um, so it's a surprise to to a lot of folks uh, on the outside. But if you know Greg Davis. Anybody that can hang around as long as he has in this league in Mississippi, you know that uh, that the guy is always scratching scratching the surface at and really going from being average to to really good, and that's where Northeast is right now. Mike, before I get Luke in here, I just want to ask you this question about about Gulf Coast. You you 
cover college, junior college sports across the country. If there's a better team than Gulf Coast, at least right now, I'd like to see them because the Bulldogs, to me, just look unbeatable. They are. They were dominant last week. Uh, Hutchinson out of Kansas is probably the other team that uh, can rival them. They're pretty good, too, guys. Uh, they've got a nice balance. They've got a University of Illinois uh, transfer in there, a quarterback who's a dual threat, and they're strong defensively as well. But look, what Jack Wright has done at Gulf Coast and really in his junior college career is phenomenal. You know, he won a national title with Northwest uh, prior to, to leaving and going to Southern Miss. Then after the high school route, he went. Uh, he, he took the position at Mississippi Gulf Coast. That man has earned every bit of respect that um, that he is that 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 should come his way. You go in at Mississippi Gulf Coast, they demand winning, and they don't. If you don't win quick, you're going to get the hook. Then on top of that, you're in that South Division where you're dealing with Steve Buckley and his crew every year on the recruiting trail. You know, Hines is a big-time program that still pulls a few guys in there. So what Jack has done is phenomenal. And, uh, man, I'm, I'm happy for him and the success that he's been able to achieve in a very difficult South Division. Yeah, Mike, uh, four, 49 points they're, they're averaging. It really, just to kind of piggyback on that, you, you don't walk into Scuba and walk out, you know, winning by three touchdowns. <laughs> and that's what that's what they did last week. And uh, Ty Keys has looked really good. He lit Jones up. I was on the call for for that game. And not only are the uh, are the Bulldogs you know scoring, it's kind of surprising. Southwest put the most points on them of anybody this year with thirty three. But I mean, they won that one fifty five thirty three. And that's how tough that that South Division is because you're right. A lot of us, me included, I said, look, Southwest able to put. Uh, 33 points up on them. What's East Mississippi going to do? And, and I respected the Gulf Coast defense, uh, but to see what Gulf Coast did—that was an absolute dominant performance. They opened up against East Mississippi with a 14 nothing lead. That turned into 28-10 and finished at 42-17. So they owned that football game from the kickoff until the final horn sounded, and it was a well balanced attack. I mean, they ran the ball with Thompson. Uh, Eli Anderson had a quality game. Their defense was absolutely phenomenal. Special teams uh, uh, with uh, with Bilbo in there was solid. They look uh, like the team to beat uh, in, in Mississippi for sure. Now, look, Jones has a lot to say about that when they meet on November 2nd. But, um, but right now, boy, you look at that Gulf Coast team, how do you beat them? They're so balanced, and they seem to have that eye of the tiger as well. Just mentioned Ty Keys of East Mississippi, of course, former Southern Miss uh, quarterback. Interesting one tonight. Um, they go on the road, and uh, they, they take on Northwest, and you, know, you feel like East Mississippi's better than 2-2. Than two and two. Northwest is 3-1. and one. That That's kind of a game maybe because two losses and because of what Gulf Coast did to East last week. That, that's a, a very exciting game tonight. Yeah, it is, and you can't underestimate Benji Parker, uh, the head coach for Northwest. Uh, they'll be they'll be naming buildings after him on that campus up in Senatobia. He is a future Hall of Famer, and of course, you've got Buddy. There'll be a statue for him whenever he retires at East Mississippi for what for for the success that he has had. So, you know, I looked at this game tonight, guys. Before I came on, I took a quarter, I flipped it, 
and I said, best out of three, I'll, <laughs> who, here's who I'll take. The first time it popped up heads, that was Northwest. The second time, tails, East Mississippi. Third time, it came up tails. So I'm taking East Mississippi. But you could give me either team in this game tonight, and I'd say, no problem. I thought you were going to tell me that coin landed on its side. On, on, <laughs> sorry, didn't, easily could have. didn't go either way. Um, last question for me. I throw back to Kelly. I, I'm I'm gonna be on the call tonight for Jones and uh, Jones getting Trent Davis back. Duke transfer. He was out last week, and that's why Trent Howell kind of uh, you know was the feature back. There's some question going in this game tonight whether DJ Smith is actually going to play. He he was taken out last week because uh, of an injury. He was on crutches and and so he's kind of a big question mark. Brax Garrison may be the only other court. He's the only other quarterback on the roster. And so Mike, really for me for Jones, it's going to be Buckley. Coach Buckley likes to run the ball. He may have to lean it on a, on the running game a little more tonight against Hines. Um, and it's a game to do it. Hines is only averaging I think 13, 14 points a game. Yeah, you know, uh, Hines uh, just in recent years has just struggled. You you would think with the facilities they have and 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 that they would just win more. Uh, but that being said, Hines always bows up against two teams throughout the course of the year in division, and tonight's going to be one of those games. Uh, that is going to be a, a solid football game. Uh, and, and you're right, if you're Steve Buckley. You look for, for four, five, six guys maybe running that football. But that Jones defense, I think, is opportunistic. And look for them uh, really to, to be a difference maker and very impactful uh, in that game tonight. Mike Frazier is our guest, the CEO of JucoWeekly.org. Mike, where can people follow, with, follow you with all the things that you've got going on in the different formats? Absolutely. JucoWeekly.com. You can follow us uh, on X, which, of course, was Twitter. Facebook and Instagram, and then also um, uh, we do a weekly podcast. We put it up this morning. It's the JUCO Weekly Podcast. You can pull that up, download that. It's a free, free uh, download, and we talk about teams around the country. Um, uh, with some, uh, see, this show here was pretty heavy on on uh, Mississippi Gulf Coast with with what they did. Uh, last week against a really good football team on the road. So, yeah, JucoWeekly.com. Uh, give us a follow. And, and we also put up picks. We have our, our Juco Weekly contributors. Uh, we have a Who You Got segment. And uh, two two games are from Mississippi, and then we've got three other games around the country uh, that these guys uh, pick, uh, pick to see who wins. And these guys are pretty sharp guys. They're, they're on their stuff. So, um, you know, when you look at that, yeah, you'll, you'll be. In, I think you'll like what you what you guys see. Well, we thought that Carly Simon said it first, but we'll say it again. Nobody does it better uh, than my. That's a little song from back in the seventies. Uh, Mike Fraser joins us uh, each week with JucoWeekly.com. Mike, thanks so much. We'll talk to you next week. Guys, enjoyed it. Have a terrific weekend. The athletic director at Southern Miss, Jeremy McLean, next on the Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Appreciate Mike Frazier from Juco Weekly covering us. Of course, uh, Super Talk Laurel tonight covering Jones and Hines. And always Juco um, Sports, what they mean to the state, and uh, we appreciate him joining us. The third segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you every day by 4th Street Bar and Grill, located on 4th Street in Hattiesburg, Mississippi, great place for you to get a daily lunch. Nine ninety five includes uh, sweet tea, Coke, um, your uh, your favorite soft drink, 
appreciate Slade White and uh, his crew over there. So, um, gracious, as always, Jeremy McLean coming on the Eagle Hour today. Of course, the athletic director for Southern Miss. And, and Jeremy, let's just uh, let's jump right into it. Uh, a lot of people this week, of course, reading the release. And you had a lot of things to say, obviously, with fundraising and uh, getting closer for that facilities plan to be released. But a lot of people keying in on the first couple paragraphs where you had just yeah. acknowledged the disappointing one to four, one and four start to football. And, and I guess let's just start there. You can, you can, uh, you know, talk what you, what you want to about it. A lot of people asking, you know, why the statement and, and it, why this time for the statement yeah. and just to let, allow you to speak to that. So I think this is one of those situations where, and, and I understand it, sometimes people want to read more into it than there is. This is, a uh, information that I've really been working on for several weeks to send out to our folks really was more focused on uh, some facility discussion about, you know, some conversation about things we've been working on uh, and the fundraising aspect of that. And so really that was the beginning of that message. And as we struggled over the last couple of weeks, I just felt like it was important to acknowledge that, Hey, we, we understand the frustration and, and, you know, we're all, it's not lost on any of us, you know, Coach Hall and myself and everyone associated with the university is working to try to get it right and, and, and to get us uh, on the right track. And so really no more should be read into it than that. Um, that was a message that I had prepared, you know, been preparing for for a couple of weeks. And, and uh, obviously I realized the frustration and I wanted to acknowledge that for our folks and, and you know, just say, hey, I, I get it. I get it. We all understand how important football is to us. And uh, I promise you, we're working as hard as we can to make sure we get it right um, so our folks can be proud of what we're doing. So no hidden messages, no one put on notice, yeah. none of that. People no. should not read that into that. No, and I get it. I understand why people do that. Um, and I thought about that, obviously, before I sent that out. You know, And, and, and what I would tell you is that we're supportive uh, of this football staff. I think there's a lot of really good things happening in this football program right now. The thing that hasn't translated this year is the thing that's most visible and, and arguably most important, and that is wins on the field. And so, uh, but no, I don't think anyone should read anything extra into that message, other than we're working our rear ends off to try to get this right and and to put a good product on the field. Um, f- fundraising wise, I want to ask a question about fundraising. O'Kelly has it as well. Talk talk about the the balance between scheduling games, what we all know, and what we all call money games. Yeah. Versus the or buy games, you know the balance of of competitiveness. Because I think when we yep. scheduled Florida State a few years ago, nobody thought they were going to be a playoff team <laughs> this year. At the same time, we're starting the season at Ohio State next year, and there's a whole lot of balance that that people need to understand yeah. into those. Yeah, certainly, and that's it. it is not, it's not a perfect science. I will say that you know we for a long time we had Alabama on the schedule on a pretty regular basis, and and they, and they were paying a lot of money, and it made a lot of sense from a budget standpoint. So we started the process of trying to find a little bit better balance. Um, you're right. When we scheduled Florida State a few years ago, uh, it was a game that was in our region. They were maybe three and nine at the time. And so we knew that they had a chance to, to get better. Um, and it, sometimes it's a bit of a roll of the dice. And so when you're scheduling three, four, five, six, eight years out, it's really hard to know where a program's going to be. Now, the trip to Columbus, a trip to Ohio State, is a little bit different. That was a unique opportunity for us, not one that we've not been afforded very often. And uh, I thought that, um, you know, given those circumstances, that, that made sense for us to take that opportunity. Um, but you're right, there's a balance there. And so when we, when we create our budget, a big part of that is what is that guarantee game going to bring in? And so 
it can be anywhere from a million to 1.9 million. And when you're creating a budget, $900,000 is a big gap to fill. And so for us, uh, and I will say the market's actually changed over the last few years. Uh, it's harder to find games above 1.5 million. Um, and, and, and probably five or six years ago, that was a little easier. And so it's beginning to shift a little bit. So for us, we're really taking a hard look at what those games look like for us moving forward and what, from a budget standpoint, we can absorb to try to make sure the competitive balance is there. And, and so um, I guess the message would be that uh, we begin to rethink how we do that. It doesn't mean you won't see some of the same opponents on our schedule, but we're trying to strike that balance between having an opportunity to be competitive and making our budget work. So let's talk about finances at home and then the then the Sunbelt Conference. How are we doing, Jeremy, financially? Let's talk about yeah. you know, Reed Green Coliseum. I know that the tax that's still going on that, that'll help. Yep. You know, can you kind of bring us up to date there? Yeah, sure. Uh, you know, we're, things are good. I mean, we talk about financially and revenue streams. I think you, you talked about the message earlier this week. I think part of that was we're, we're in the best shape we've ever been from a revenue stream standpoint, and we're bringing more money in, and our budget's more than it's ever been. Our challenge is that it costs more to do business today than it ever has. And so that's a, uh, that's a, that's a, a chase that we will continue to have, is to chase those revenue dollars to try to make sure that we can be competitive. From a re-green standpoint, we have, uh, you know, the one cent tax, as you mentioned, we've been, that's been coming in now for a few years. We've been able to put that back and really stockpile that in an effort to get to a position where we can take out debt service to move forward with this project. And that's where we're, we're getting to now. And uh, so from a standpoint of Reed Green, I've mentioned earlier in the year, uh, we've got the roof project that's underway right now. They have actually not started putting the roof on, but it's uh, in the process of being uh, bid out and awarded so they can, they can start that this fall. And then soon after that, um, we'll have an opportunity to actually begin the work that has to happen on Reed Green. And so there's some steps that still need to take place, but we're moving in that direction. The biggest things are securing the financial um, piece, which is we'll taking on some debt service, uh, and then also uh, getting through the process of finishing up plans and drawings and getting to a day where we can um, – you know, put a put a shovel in the ground, and and you talk about the cost of doing business, not just at Southern Miss, but in the Sun Belt Conference. And I cite two other schools in particular uh, that I'll bring to like James Madison, beautiful you know, facilities that they continue to you know to pump money in. Marshall is building a brand new baseball complex. Uh, you mentioned that Georgia State just built a new convocation center. I mean, these are millions and millions of dollars, and. Sometimes to me, as a fan, it just seems overwhelming. Like just as soon as you you get a little bit of money raised, well, now you got to have another ten or fifteen more million. I mean, yeah. does it ever stop? Yeah, and it's and, and I understand kind of your vantage point there, and I, and I and I don't disagree with you. I think you know even if we just look at you know annual budgets, right? You mentioned James Madison. I mean, their annual budget is twice as much as ours is, um, and so. The same holds true from a Philly standpoint that I don't necessarily spend all my time chasing what other people are doing. I just know what our needs are. I know what we need to do to be able to recruit and retain student athletes and coaches and create the right experience for our fan base. We've got a lot of work to do, and that's why we've spent a bunch of time over the past year plus putting together a facility plan that will begin to give us that roadmap um, and – 
you know, have already started some of the fundraising efforts to, to, to give us a head start, if you will, once we make that announcement. Yeah, absolutely. So so thanks for that. And like you said in your release, not quite yet ready for public consumption, yeah. but will be. You know, uh, and let me let me share just a couple things right there. And I didn't mean to cut you off, but um, there are probably pieces of that I could share. Really, my desire is to share that as a complete uh, vision and for multiple reasons. The other things I, I would say, and I alluded to this a little bit, there's been a capital campaign that we've been in the middle of here as a university. That will soon be drawing to an end. And so, so as to not take away from the overall capital campaign for the university, there's some things we've held a little closer to the vest until we get to the finish line for that campaign, which is in short order. Sure, absolutely. Visiting with uh, Southern Miss Athletic Director Jeremy McLean. About a minute left, Jeremy. Um, a lot of times people, when they're watching first and ten or, or third and eight or uh, you know a false scrimmage or uh, a basketball practice, they don't understand – uh, in the last uh, year, man, we've been hit with some vacancies at the highest levels in the athletic department, and and yeah. you know you're you're addressing that right now. Yeah, certainly, and that's uh, those things seem to always come in waves, and um, so nothing new. I've been doing this long enough to to understand that, and, and and sometimes it's when you when you have success. You know, we've been we've done some really good things over the last couple of years, and and uh, when you do that, uh, people get attention, and and that's not a bad thing, and so. We've got some senior staff members that are taking great opportunities or are taking great opportunities. And um, so our job is now to, and we've been working on this, but to fill those spots uh, with people who are the right fit for Southern Miss, who have the right uh, makeup and the right work ethic. Uh, because this is a place where you need people around you who, who know how to work and they are willing to get up every day and get ready to tackle the task. And, yeah. and so – um, so we're very, very going to be diligent about that, uh, but we've got some great leads on some people who I think, uh, you know, have an opportunity to make us better. Real quick, your message to Golden Eagle fans: uh, one and four start, but homecoming this weekend. Yeah. yeah, great opportunity for us to bounce back. I appreciate the frustration. Um, I think you know I share that. Coach Hall shares that. Players share that. Um, we've got a great opportunity to bounce back and kind of quote unquote right the ship. I think there's a lot of football in front of us. I think this team. Uh, continues to get better uh, each week that goes by from here to the end of the season. And so uh, we encourage folks to continue to support and, uh, you know, and, and, and show up this weekend. I think it's going to be a wonderful weekend uh, yeah. for this university and a really important weekend for the football program. Jeremy, thanks for your time. Appreciate you guys. Jeremy McLean on the Eagle Hour. We'll finish up this Thursday right after this. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Good stuff with Southern Miss Athletic Director Jamie McLean. He's always available for us. Appreciate him joining us on the Eagle Hour. We'll talk more uh, about the conversation we have with him in just a moment. Fourth segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you by DBAT and D1 Training on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg. DBAT Hattiesburg. Dot com. Good uh, good talks today. Andrew Abadie in the first segment talking Southern Miss Fall Baseball. Mike Frazier, Juco Weekly, and Jeremy McLean. If you missed those, you can go back and listen on demand, supertalk.fm, in uh, just about 30 minutes. And, of course, Eagle Hour available in podcast form, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, and Audible. In about a minute and 15 seconds, we will hit a sunspot. So if you are listening on the radio and uh, your radio 
you can't hear us. It's uh, yeah, it's just the uh, the sun and doing its thing with the earth. So uh, what we talk about in this segment will be uh, on the podcast a little later. All right, Lady Eagles tonight in soccer taking on Georgia State actually at four this afternoon. That's at home. Lady Eagle volleyball also at home tonight against ULM. That's at seven. And tennis is at the ITA Southern Regionals. All right, Kelly. Um, biggest takeaway to, to start with. Uh, don't read into the message he released earlier this week. Yeah, we kind of thought that yesterday. Uh, at least I did. It was you know I'm sure he got a lot of phone calls and he's got you know a lot of other things on his mind. So I think he used he used the media even like today to get you know be most efficient with time. Get one message out to as many people uh, as you can. I you imagine know. his email inbox is full right now. But, so this yeah. was a way of and, – and, again, it only makes sense. You know, yeah. I've, I've always wondered – look, I this is America. You can say what you want, but I've always wondered why people feel the need to email him or call him. I mean, right. they're he, – believe he, me. He's well aware of what's going <laughs> on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that, that was – I think you said it yesterday, Kelly, just the opening paragraph. And like he said, it's something he's been preparing – for a few weeks and if you're going to send something out guess what you do you acknowledge fan frustration with whatever's obvious and that's what he did first um interesting you know the with with rising cost nationwide costs more to do business than ever uh so what but at the same time um record number eagle club members and and donations thought it was interesting kelly what he said that the 1.5 million dollar games are not as widely available as previously and part of that goes because what what is down in college football over the over the last four or five years attendance you got it i didn't hold up a cue card you both you both nailed it so with fewer and fewer Fewer people going to games. That's actually laying money out for a ticket because where they're still watching the games, but where are a lot of people now watching them? From? ESPN Plus. Yeah, they're homes. Yeah. Okay, so there isn't that money to be able to give somebody you know to walk in there. Um, but but on the the what you were talking, Luke, about uh, you at least want to give your athletes a fighting chance, right? And so I I certainly understand wanting to play the Power Five schools and bringing home a nice paycheck. But is it possible – and football schedules are made sometimes seven years in advance, right? So yeah. it's, it's not as easy as it sounds. But being very Pollyanna here, I would like, I would like us to play maybe Kansas or Illinois. You or, don't want to play Kansas this year, bro. Well, you don't want to play. <laughs> generally. But you know what I'm talking about. Well, I mean, about. we've hosted Kansas here in Hattiesburg before. And, yeah. and, and, and it's been a decent game. His point about Florida State was when when we right. scheduled them, they were not a playoff team. And right. So you're not scheduling that game. They were in turmoil. Right. Willie Taggart had not done a good job. They were bringing in Mike Norvell. He was still a few years off. But the Ohio State, and I'm glad he addressed that, that's totally different. They've been good for a long time and have been a playoff team for um, a, a long time. So, yeah, interesting. Um, and, there. and you can actually – Use that Ohio State game, for example, as a recruiting tool. Absolutely, you can. You're going to get to go play one of the premier teams in the country. There will mm-hmm. be a lot of media attention. There will be a lot of scouts TV, yeah. there. So I get it. Yep. But it All is right. tough, you know, when you're playing um, teams like that. We'll end the show today for conferences that we do not care about. But last night, there were college football games. Jacksonville State, Rich Rod out to 5-1. and one. They knocked off Middle Tennessee, opposite record, 1-5, 45-30. New Mexico State beat FIU 34-17. Tonight, um, more CUSA, Sam Houston and Liberty. 
Western Kentucky, Louisiana Tech. Um, any of those? You don't have a game tonight, by the way, as a PA guy. So, interested. Are you going to be watching NFL? Uh, the game tonight in the NFL. Is it the Giants again? No, they just play no, Monday night. the Bears oh, and yeah. Bob's I, team. I Bob's knew, old team. I knew there was some lousy team in there. The poor Bears are just dreadful. Um, but the you were talking about that other league uh, that Southern Miss. I, I just I can't believe that Liberty – yeah, they could have had a lot of other better choices. Yeah, if they wanted to be in a league, why in the heck did they choose that one? It makes no sense. Uh, I don't think. Do you, Luke? Uh, yeah. I mean, but uh, you look at what what they're doing. That new coaching staff, four and zero. Jimmy Chadwell. He's he's got the Flames what? at four and zero. But but again, they're playing Middle Tennessee and they're playing UTEP. You know, I mean. Anyway, let's just drop it, okay? We do so need far, so far this this year they played Bowling Green, New Mexico State, Buffalo, and FIU. Thank you very much. We do need to mention this before we go. Town and Country Cleaners is Hattiesburg's most trusted dry cleaning service. Family owned and operated since 1983, they offer services including steaming, steaming, cleaning of bulky bedding, cur- curtains, and of course dry cleaning. Visit Town and Country Cleaners at their convenient location. Appreciate Town Southern and Country. Miss. Uh, town and Country sponsoring us on the Eagle Hour. That's going to wrap it up today. Kelly, I'm out tomorrow, so I am going to write my picks down. Okay. And you and Bob will read my picks. Do not change my picks. Oh, shoot. I wish you wouldn't have said that. <laughs> Please don't. I, I will have I will have uh, text message evidence. All right. Bob and Kelly carrying the show tomorrow. We'll, we'll be producing as well. Getting ready for a homecoming weekend against Old Dominion. We'll catch you tomorrow. And as always, Southern Miss to, to the, the top. top. A Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.